Section 17 of the Science History of the Universe, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Science History of the Universe, Volume 6. Edited by Francis Rolt Wheeler. Zoology. Chapter 9. The Vertebrates. Part 4. Mammals. Part 5. The bears are the largest of the carnivora. They are omnivorous, or rather frugivorous, feeding mostly upon roots and berries. They are long-limbed, almost tailless, walk upon the sole of the foot, and the large sharp claws are used in digging out roots, bulbs, insects, and honey, of which last they are extremely fond. Their main subsistence in the summer is upon berries. In the north they hibernate through the winter season of scarcity and cold, coming out in the spring hungry and ravenous, ready to seize and devour anything they can find. In general, however, bears are easy-going, good-natured animals, rarely attacking man and generally doing their best to escape when attacked, dangerous only when cornered or wounded, when hungry, or when their cubs are endangered. Perhaps an exception should be made of the polar bear, which is entirely carnivorous, living upon seals, fish, or occasional land animals, and correspondingly savage in temperament. The bears are chiefly a northern race, but are found in India and the East Indies, in Algeria, and in the Andes Mountains. The largest species are the huge Kadiak bears of Alaska. The polar bear is almost as large. The weasel and civet families are mostly small, but bloodthirsty, and fierce beasts of prey with long tails, rather short legs, and usually slender vermiform bodies. Most of them are terrestrial or partly arboreal, but the weasel family includes also fossorial, badgers, and semi-aquatic types, otters. The largest member of the Mustelidae is the glutton, or wolverine, of the boreal zone in both Old and New World. The Old World viviridae are chiefly found in the oriental region and in africa two or three have reached madagascar where they are the only carnivorous animals the mustelidae on the other hand are more northern in their distribution although found in all the great continents except australia the hyenas are large old world carnivores related to the civets but living in more open country and preying upon larger game. They are commonly called carrion-eaters, but are in fact more like dogs, tracking and running down live prey or feeding upon carcasses, pretty much as opportunity offers. They are, however, gross and indiscriminate feeders, contrasting in their manner of eating with the more dainty habits of the cats, and the teeth are massive, heavy, usually much worn on the edges. They now inhabit India, southwestern Asia, and Africa, but formerly ranged all over the northern parts of the Old World, never having reached the New.
teeth and bones of hyenas and their prey are the most abundant fossil remains in the bone caves of england and northern europe the cats are the most strictly predaceous group of carnivora they are especially distinguished by the retractile claws but the claws are slightly retractile in some of the viverids and the teeth are sharper the shearing action of the carnassials more perfect the crushing teeth more reduced than in any of the other families the limbs especially the forelimbs are very flexible and powerful and they afford perhaps the finest mechanical adaptations for combined strength and agility to be found in the whole animal kingdom although capable of great speed for a short spurt they are not able to maintain it over long distances they never run down their prey but track or lie in wait for it and spring upon it unawares if they fail to overtake it in the first few bounds they abandon the chase cats are all dainty eaters and among the thousands of skulls in large museum collections it is rare to find one with the teeth much worn except among the desert species which must needs encounter considerable loose sand with the food it is not true however that they will not devour an animal which they have not themselves killed the largest cats are the lion and tiger the one inhabiting africa and southwestern asia the other india and eastern asia the lion is especially an inhabitant of desert or arid countries and his color matches his surroundings the brilliant vertical stripes of the tiger are said to be equally effective for concealment in the deep jungles and forests of southeastern asia both are mainly nocturnal in their habits as are all the cats in the new world the puma and jaguar correspond to the old world lion and tiger but are of smaller size not exceeding the leopards of the old world the lynxes or bobtail cats are especially boreal in range inhabiting the arctic and cold temperature regions of the northern continents various other smaller cats range down to the size of the domestic species inhabiting all the continents except australia during the latter part of the tertiary period lived various carnivora ancestral or related to the modern kinds perhaps the largest of them are the amphicyons related to the dogs but equaling the largest bears in size and apparently similar to them in habits unlike bears they were provided with extremely long and heavy tails exceeding those of the great cats while the limbs were rather short but the most remarkable of the extinct carnivora are the saber-toothed tigers or macarodonts related to the true cats and similar to them in general proportions and habits but with the upper canine enlarged into a great compressed fang slightly curved and with sharp serrate edges the jaws were peculiarly loose hung and could be opened wide enough to allow full play for the action of the tusks and powerful muscles at the back of the skull enabled the animal to drive them down with tremendous force into the body of the enemy the legs were short the muscles exceptionally heavy and powerful 
in all respects the saber-toothed tigers appear to have been especially adapted to prey upon large thick-skinned slow-moving quadrupeds the largest species equaled a grizzly bear in size the smallest were about as large as a lynx in the early part of the tertiary period there were numerous kinds of carnivores with much smaller brains than the modern kinds and more primitive in various respects these are grouped in a distinct suborder creodonta some of them were ancestral to the various families of modern carnivores others have left no descendants in habits and general appearance these extinct races were much like modern beasts of prey but the various peculiar features of the several modern races are found in different combinations the order primates includes lemurs monkeys apes and man in this order are the animals of greatest interest on account of their near relationship to the human race cuvier it is true placed man in a separate order of mammals by manna but almost all other zoologists ancient and modern are agreed in including him in the primates taken as a whole this order is pre-eminently the arboreal group among the mammalia its members are more completely and thoroughly specialized for this mode of life than any other group the long slender limbs flexible joints opposable thumb long toes capped with nails instead of claws the long powerful and often prehensile tail are all peculiarly adapted to dwelling among the branches of the forest as the teeth are to eating the fruits and berries which it affords the highest primates however have departed from the typical habits of the order and become partially or completely terrestrial it is probably to the stimulus of arboreal life that the primates owe the beginnings of that higher intelligence which distinguishes them travel among the branches of trees affords more continuous opportunities for the exercise of intelligent choice in determining every successive movement then does the more uniform and safer progression upon the surface of the ground or in the water or the violent but unvarying exercise of flying one finds that arboreal animals usually rank high in intelligence as for instance the squirrels among the rodents the raccoons among the carnivora the tree shrews among insectivora the opossums among marsupials in addition the opposable thumb gives to the primate especial facility in touching and handling objects and enables him to obtain readily a more exact and complete knowledge of them in the skeleton structure this order has departed less from the primitive mammal type than most others as has been pointed out the earliest mammals were probably arboreal and the primates have retained and perfected their adaptation to this mode of life the most notable lines of progress are in the shortening of the face and enlargement of the brain the living primates are divided into two groups the more primitive lemurs and the more progressive monkeys apes and man the lemurs are chiefly found in madagascar but a few of them inhabit central africa 
India, and the East Indies. They have a rather long face, with less reduction in the number of teeth than the higher groups, and in all except the tarsier, the lower incisors project forward instead of upward. The brain also is decidedly smaller and less complex, and they are very noticeably inferior to monkeys in intelligence and activity. They are, in fact, the little altered survivors of the ancestral primates of the early tertiary. Some of these ancestral primates gave rise to the more progressive higher types, while others retreated southward to the fringes of the Asiatic continents, or crossed into Africa and thence reached Madagascar. In the last-named island, they found their most congenial home, free from the rivalry or pursuit of the higher type of mammals, and developed into a remarkably large and varied fauna, the largest and most remarkable of which have very recently become extinct. The modern Malagasy lemurs are all arboreal, small or of moderate size, but in the late Pleistocene, probably just before man gained a foothold on the island, there were large lemurs of terrestrial adaptation paralleling some of the ungulate mammals in their skull, teeth, and skeletons. And others with remarkably short face and large brain paralleling the higher apes. These last, one may suppose, would in the course of time have evolved into creatures paralleling man himself, had not their evolution been cut short by the eruption of the more progressive races developed upon the great northern landmass, in particular by the invasion of early races of man. It should be pointed out that a higher invading race destroys first those inferior races which come most directly into competition with it, while those among the native races, which are of different adaptation and habits, survive, as they do not interfere with the higher race. Man invaded the Malagasy region, probably during the Pleistocene, glacial epoch. The monkeys have never reached the island. Hence the highly intelligent ground lemurs, native to the island, which came in competition with them, became extinct. The less intelligent and smaller tree lemurs have survived because they did not interfere with man and had not to compete with monkeys. Of the higher or anthropoid section of the primates, the South American monkeys are the most primitive. All of them are strictly arboreal. One family, Cebidae, with prehensile tails and opposable thumbs, the other, Hapalidae, including only the little marmosets, in which the opposability of the thumb has been lost. The marmosets are squirrel-like, in size and habits. The cebidae are of larger size, but not as large as the old-world monkeys and apes. In all the South American monkeys, the nostrils are separated by a broad cartilage, and their apertures look outward. In the old-world monkeys, as in man, the cartilage septum is much reduced, the apertures closed together and facing downward. The old-world monkeys and baboons are united into a single family, but are very various in proportions and appearance. The tail is sometimes long, 
sometimes short, and many of them are more or less terrestrial, especially the baboons. They inhabit all the tropical parts of the old world, but except for a species of maquis that lives on the rock of Gibraltar, none are found in Europe, nor do they live in northern Asia, north of the Alti Mountains. The macacus are short-tailed, rather short-faced, Asiatic in range, with one species in North Africa and Gibraltar. The langors, Semnopithecus, are long-tailed, arboreal monkeys of southern and eastern Asia. The Mogabes, Circocobus, are West African. The Gunos, Circopithecus, are also African, but more widely distributed. Both genera are long-tailed. The baboons, Cynocephalus, are distinguished by the projecting snout with heavy canine teeth. They are mostly of large size, live in herds, and are more omnivorous and ferocious than any other primates. They are all African or Arabian, except one species from Celebus, and inhabit rocky and mountainous districts living chiefly upon the ground. The last group of the primates to be considered are the anthropoid apes of the family Simiidae. These are of larger size, of higher intelligence than any other primates, tailless, and closely allied to man in all respects. They are of arboreal habits, walking when on the ground in a semi-erect position, the long arms reaching the ground but not supporting the main weight of the body and resting on the back of the fingers instead of the palms, as on all lower animals. The skin is partly naked. The jaws, especially in the adult males, are much larger and more projecting than in man, and the brain capacity somewhat less than half of that of man, making allowance for the size of the body in different species. The four living types are the gibbons of southeastern Asia, the gorilla and chimpanzee of the West African forests, and the orangutan of Borneo and Sumatra. It is from some unknown tertiary members of this family of apes that the ancestry of man must be derived. On account of this relationship, the anthropoid apes have been very carefully studied and described, and their appearance, habits, and structure are familiar to everyone. Remains of monkeys allied to the modern South American genera have been found in the Miocene formations of Patagonia. In the Miocene of Europe have been found remains of various monkeys and lower apes of the Old World. Both are probably derived from the Eocene lemurs of Europe and North America. So far as the direct ancestry of the higher apes and man is concerned, the geological record is very incomplete. The most interesting of recent discoveries is the Pithecanthropos of Java, found upon a part of a skull and a femur which probably, but not certainly, belonged to the same individual, and indicated an animal walking upright like man, but in brain capacity intermediate between man and the higher apes. This species, however, according to the latest investigations, was of Pleistocene age, contemporary with full-developed men, so that it cannot be regarded as a direct ancestor in a genealogical sense. Since the modern species of anthropoid apes 
live in africa and southern asia and the most primitive races of man are also found around the shores of the indian ocean the theory has been advanced that it is to some part of this region that we should look for the discovery of fossil remains of the primates ancestral to man but in this brief review of the evolution and geological history of the lower races of mammals it has been seen that while in the southern continents and around the southern fringes of the great northern land mass are found numerous primitive survivals of ancient races yet the main theatre of the evolution of most races of mammals their chief diffusion centre has always been the great land mass of the three northern continents united more or less completely during a large part of the tertiary period west africa and southeastern asia with the east indian islands adjoining it contain many primitive survivals of races whose evolution centre was in the palearctic region in the present writer's opinion the geological evidence of the ancestry of man and the most direct phylogeny of many mammals will be discovered when the tertiary formations of central and eastern asia are adequately and thoroughly searched for remains of fossil vertebrates at present they are practically unknown from the observations of pioneer explorers it is very probably inferred that fossiliferous formations of tertiary age exist in some parts of this immense region the revealing of the evidence which they should afford of the true evolutionary history of the higher mammals and of man is the task for the scientific explorers of the twentieth century end of chapter nine end of zoology end of section seventeen